This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Oh, it's a goal! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! for Swindon and still unbeaten in the league since that opening day loss at Harrogate. First home goals for Jeffcott and Darcy in a 2-1 win at Grimsby Town in the what I'm calling the Alan Connell derby but it's an old face that leaves many town fans feeling glad all over here to celebrate and it is a celebration it's Terry. Hello, Terry. Evening, Rich. It is indeed a celebration. I was going to go the Steve Mildenhall derby, but we can go Alan Connolly. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with... We could have gone Danny Rose. That would have been weird. Yeah, Danny Rose is weird, so that would definitely be weird. <laughs> yeah, I pitched it up for you there. Terry, it's three wins in a row. This is good. I know. Who, who, who saw this coming? <laughs> Certainly not me. I don't think I'm quite taken into humble pie yet, but I think... I think um, I think the lovely wife is probably downstairs rolling out the pastry and getting it ready for the oven. It, it, it feels like it feels like uh, that period four or five weeks ago where there were two very distinct camps and it was all all starting to bubble along in quite a toxic manner. Seems a, a distant memory. It's amazing what three or four good wins will do for you, right? Um, and, and more importantly, three or four really really good performances since that since that Gillingham mess. And I think. Mr. Lindsay deserves a lot of credit. I, I would imagine, and, it, and his press match, and his pretty much press conferences suggest suggest this anyway. But I imagine he did a little bit of soul searching post Gillingham, 
Um, and fair play to him and his team. They, they've they've started to come up with some answers, and we're uh, we're in fine fettle, aren't we? We certainly are. Tell me, Terry, if Mrs. P is getting the ingredients ready for some humble pie, what's in a humble pie? I mean, have you not got a humble tree in your garden? I'm afraid not. I, I'm I'm not a humble person. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> no, well, we'll never know. Um, I would love to know what's in a humble pie. You might be eating it real soon. So here it is then. Three wins in a row. Um, it's just looking really, really good. But as always, not without a little bit of tension, a little bit of uh, drama. And we got that this week again. Although I must say, and we'll get to it, whenever there's a sending off, depending on who's it gone to, I'm, you know, we kind of see what's happening now because teams are defending these. They, yeah, I mean, look, we um, we'll get into the red card later, but for me, for me, Khan is so unlucky there. I, I, I but look, it, it played out, and, and perhaps Groomsby were fuming that they kept eleven men on the pitch, and we and we managed to get down to ten because we all know it's um, hard to play against ten than it is eleven. Really is okay. Let's let's talk about that in a bit more detail a bit later on. So we'll we'll go straight to the Swindon Town lineup because there were changes, some returns. Solbrin in goal, obviously. Then at the back, you had Blake Tracy, Clayton, McDonald and Hutton. You had Khan in the middle of the pitch, replacing Lou E. Reed. Then Gladwin Adassi ahead. Wakeling and Shade on the wings. And Jeffcott up front on his own. It was a very strong looking bench with Iandolo coming on, as did Hepburn Murphy and Agua. So, I mean, I think the discussion in the chat when two o'clock rolled in was that this was a very positive looking lineup and there was news of Reed missing out trickling through, wasn't there, before two PM. Yeah, um the o- the only doubt with that team is how we do without Louis Reed. And look, I know but I know in my opinion, bizarrely, he's he's got a little bit of criticism early on in the season. But for me, he's he's the best six in the division by some distance. I know Scott Lindsay Scott Lindsay has said that publicly as well. Any team at this level is going to miss a player of his caliber. So I was really, really interested to see how we set up without Louis Reed and also more, you know, interested to see how how that had a wider impact on the team. We know last year we didn't win a league game without him in the side. Um, and then the first opportunity we had to do that this year, we managed to uh, we managed to go go ahead and secure the three three points in his absence. So um, I was quite surprised to see Calm play the the deepest of the three. I know I know um, a couple of the guys were saying he has done that before at Chesterfield. Um, he just didn't. He hasn't struck me so far as someone who has the discipline to play that position um, at this level yet. And, and unfortunately, despite his positive. First half performance that did actually that did actually come to come to the fore, I suppose, didn't it? In the second half, but no real grumbles with the team, really. I think um, going with Wakeling out wide as a, there, there were options, right? I think he could have moved Darcy out there and brought in another centre mid, and maybe if Louis Reed was available, that's what would have happened. I think Scott Lindsay's hand was slightly forced to go with Wakeling, Jeff Cotton, and Shade, but I think I, I would be surprised if we go back from that now. Um, I'd be really, really surprised if we go back from back back on that. And I think Johnny it's now a Johnny Williams or Tyree Shade on 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 the left when when Johnny gets back from uh, from Belgium or, or Poland or wherever he is today. <laughs> I think he, I think he's in Wales today. But Wakeling on the wing is the discussion really because he'd scored our our goals predominantly before this game. But 
Jeffcott is number nine, pure and simple, and Wakeling with all his, his endeavor and work rate. We're not gonna we're not gonna miss him on the wing. He's gonna get involved. Yeah, and he was a constant threat out there as well. I, it's not like he, we moved him out there and took away his goal threat. Um, but but Jeffcott is just a nine, isn't he? He's, he has that natural that natural movement. The second goal is a great example. But throughout the throughout the first half, he got himself in the right positions at the right times. And um, it was really interesting with Shade on on the left as well. And I, I was saying this off mic and, um, yesterday during the game, but. You know, we've all made the sort of uh, Wakeling, Jerry Yates read, if you, if you like, or, or, or hot take. But actually, I think that front free essay, you can go one step further because Jeff, Jeff Cott was like a Owen Doyle, 10 years younger, uh, 10 kilos heavier, and ours, if we, depending on who's chairman, you believe. Um, and Tyree Shade. Is so similar to Kane Woolery in, in in the way that he he can play when he's at it in terms of big powerful boy in the air really direct runner great at going at going um, either way when, when he's running at, at the fullback really really dangerous cutting in and running across the back four so that front three really really did remind me of that Richie Wellens front three that performed so so brilliantly for us in, in you know last time we got out of this division so. Yeah, I, I personally have got no problem with Wakelin playing out there. Um, I think you keep his goal threat. His endeavour is even more useful out there because you want your nine playing between the posts and putting the defenders all over the place, which is exactly what Jeff Cott did. So talk me through this first half because the general consensus here is that's one of our best halves of the season, which was only tinged slightly by a very fluky Grimsby goal. Uh, broad strokes here. Walk me through the first half. Yeah, so you're not going to get a Dan Hunt um, blow by blow because you know we, we all have our uh, we all have our skills and, and we should all do what we're great at and, and he's not he you know he's great at that and I'm not going to try and um, try and try and match him. So, but what I will say is it was definitely the best half half we've had this season. You know, we the first twenty minutes we were outstanding and we we could have been out of sight by by the twentieth minute. You know, we we. we we got the goal after a prolonged spell of pressure where we made the keeper make, you know, two or three good saves in in a sort of 10 second period. Um Jeff got had another sort of snatch chance from a corner. Wakelin was looking lively out on the right. There, there there really genuinely was um a sense of foreboding, I think, around that first goal. It was only ever going to go one way. And and the ten minutes after we didn't let up either. It was very much a case of we can put this game to bed after twenty twenty five minutes, which I guess is the you know if you've got niggling frustrations, it was that we weren't able to or or didn't do that. Their goal is just such a nothing nothing goal. It's it it, it it's enough to you know it's so frustrating that that sort of stuff because they're not in the game. They three sort of bumbling bobbling passes in the, in the middle third. Just about as much as they did in the first half, and the ball. Next thing you know, that you know, Ryan, um, Ryan Taylor is is through on goal, and he manages to get his ancient legs in the right order and and poke it home. So <laughs> super frustrating. But that did that did really. I think that had a big impact on us because it was so against the run of play that, I, understandably, I suppose, I think it did knock us because we weren't. It, it, we sort of were back to square one, really, literally in the score, but also in the balance of play, and that was that was a bit frustrating. But slowly, surely, we sort of cranked it up towards the end of the half, and um, with a little bit of a helping hand from their young centre half, 
we uh, we we managed to go ahead, go in ahead, and it, it was a hundred percent deserved. We were miles better than them first half, absolutely streets ahead. The only frustrating thing is is I wouldn't say not taking chances because I don't because I don't think we created. You know, it's not like the keepers made five or six great saves, um, but it was more. It's more converting huge dominance into chances. I think I think that's the only niggling niggling. Uh, grumble you can have from that first half but that really is nitpicking we were outstanding yeah it's a it's a big moment for Jeff Cott to score I, I know that might sound a bit hyperbolic but he's had a few games he got close it wasn't happening so to score in the way that he did which was instinctive just being in the right place it's exactly what you want to see 100% but I think um you know it is instinctive but let's not take any anything away from him like ultimately when you're buying a, a number nine you're buying that instinct right you're buying that natural um, muscle memory, that subconscious knowledge to be in the right place at the right time. But that wasn't the only time he did it. You know, there was a, as I said, there was a, a corner where everyone gets sucked in. He just drops off the ball, drops to him perfectly, and he just, he just sort of skews it wide. There was a couple of other opportunities he had that just came about from being in the right place at the right time. And he gave those two centre halves a torrid time in that first half. You know, even it, it was very rare that we were forced to go long to him. Or, or clear without quality. But even when we did, he has this um, great knack of just getting his body in between the centre-half and the ball and either winning winning a foul or, or retaining possession of the ball. And then when you've got when you've got Wakeling one side, Shade the other, and, and you know, Darcy was quick to get up with him as well, running, running beyond and, and um, supporting him, it gives you another angle. You know, we, we, yes, we were dominant in possession, but actually, he gives us a platform to build when we're in transition as well. The second goal again, it's you know it's it's fantastic play by by Gladwin and a bit a bit of a naff bit a bit a bit of naff defending, of course. But just watch Jeff Cott's movement. He he takes the remaining centre half completely, complete completely into the uh, into the into the zone in front of the goalkeeper, creating that cutback and. You know, it gives Darcy the freedom of the penalty area. It's just good, instinctive, subconscious movement. And, and I can't remember. I think it is Owen Doyle who probably is the last player we've had that looks a completely natural number nine, I think. Mm, that's great to hear. Grimsby, defensively, you know, they're quite a stingy club this season. They've been they've been doing really well in terms of um, not conceding goals. In the eight games that went before, they'd only conceded five. What what did Scott Lindsay and Swindon do right to to stop that that defensive record continuing? I think um, I think if you dig into that Grimsby record a bit more, I think they they are. I think we had a record similar to this a couple of seasons ago. I can't remember which one, but but basically against against teams in the bottom half, they haven't they they've played four one four or something. Look, I'm not getting this factually correct, but you get the yeah. vibe. Um, and then teams in the in the top half, they've not won. You know, they've not they've not beaten any of them. And I think ultimately we we just had too much quality for them. You know, it helped that Ben Gladwin is in the form of his life, um, peaking yesterday. But the last eight games, he's been outstanding. What the what the, the one ball that seemed to kill them time and time again was, uh, a, you know, three or four sort of quite direct, um, short passes from Swindon down one side, and then find dropping it off to Gladwin for that for that really quick diagonal, and not not a sort of Sunday league diagonal put it behind the fullback, but 
absolute pinpoint um, switch of play straight into the uh, straight into the uh, advancing fullback or or into the into the, the wide forward, and that sort that seemed to catch my eye every single time. We had overloads there. Hutton got forward really well in support of Wakeling on the right. The left was a little bit a little bit underwhelming, but down the right hand side, time and time again, it was happening, and and they they just couldn't they just couldn't defend. Gladwin and then Khan and Darcy's energy around around him picking up the ball and just giving him the ball to let him do something amazing, which is quite must be quite a nice uh, quite a nice afternoon stroll for Ben Gladwin that first half. It's sort of do all the bits you love doing. The vision to see Darcy for Swindon second was very pleasing to see. Yeah, it's just it's just um, look we we know that he's got a we know he has the natural ability in the football brain to play at a higher level, which is why he's got his two or three big moves at a higher level. And it was almost a case of over the last two or three years, maybe a little bit longer, his body not being able to keep up with his brain. And for whatever reason, you know, massive fair play to him and to the club, who who I'm sure have helped him do this. We've managed to get Ben Gladwin's body to catch up with his brain this year, um, as well as him getting older and wiser, a bit more mature and a bit more disciplined, a bit more, you know, a bit more football intelligence, if you like. And and he's just capable of running games now, isn't he? He absolutely ran that game yesterday. Certainly eleven v eleven, he was in complete control of the whole of every square foot of that pitch. We mentioned Ryan Taylor. Obviously, he's got the equaliser and his age. Can you believe he's still only thirty four? Seventeen years ago, since he played against Swindon for the first time, that's insane. <laughs> isn't I just honestly when I, I was like, I can't be. It can't be the same fella. <laughs> It's like no, no, it's him. <laughs> like well, I was going to, I was going to say a ginger streak of of uh, movement up front, but he doesn't he doesn't streak anywhere. I think these days is he sort of a ginger plod of movement up front. And um, yeah, fair play to him. He's still still got his goal, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, seventeen years since he first played against Swindon, but he he also played for Bristol City in the Davita Cup game in twenty eleven. He used to be he used to be a bit of a handful. He's dropped down the leagues. He is. Again, I think he sort of embodied the. If, if a player like Ryan Taylor is getting in your team in League Two, then I think you're going to be struggling to for a top eight, top ten finish, aren't you? Ultimately, yeah. Anyway, what I liked about uh, the game, especially the first half, was you were like, just keep going, just keep going. Even at even at one nil before equaliser, you were like, let's hit these. Yeah, it's just. It's, I think too often, maybe maybe we're just scarred from previous um, previous ills. I don't. You know, Scott Lindsay's side doesn't necessarily do this, but this was a classic Ben Garner trait of getting a good, you know, the first half basically just nil-nil at half time is fine. And if you get a one-nil, brilliant, but don't really worry too much about it. It actually reminded me more of watching watching a Richie Wellens side. And Richie's side used to go nuts, didn't they? Like first 20 minutes, they would just try it. They would just go absolute hell for leather. And there was a bit of there was a bit of that to, to our performance. Probably Maybe let maybe without the pressing and more with the dominance on, on the ball, um, but starting to see a structure and, and, a, and an identity that is quite similar to how Richie got had us playing a couple of years ago. You know, basically playing full backs as wing backs, really high up the pitch, fast starts, dominate the ball, um, recycle the ball time and time again, really really quickly, and uh, don't be afraid of a, of a more direct or a or a long pass. It's it's not hoofing it. It's just when you've got players like Ben Glavin who are able to go wing, you know, wing to wing, or 
10 yards inside his own half to, to 20 yards out from the opponent's goal in a single pass with quality. Don't be afraid to do it, which which we didn't see enough of last year at Ben Garner. So we've got great, great attack and, and great um, pace in those wide areas with, with Shade and Wakeling, if that's who you go with. There's absolutely no harm in, in getting the fullback scrambling and, and running backwards with, with one of those guys bearing down on him. So, yeah, it was it was very much a case of just keep doing what we're doing. If we keep doing what we're doing, we will win this game and win it comfortably. Like I said, though, the goal did, did um, put a spanner in the works for 10 minutes, but we, we sort of soon, soon got back on course and started cranking it again and, yeah, got our, got our just, just dessert, just reward, whatever that phrase is. Got what we deserve. Yeah, it'll do. Uh, yeah, exactly. It'll do. It'll do. More delicious than humble pie, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> second half. <laughs> second half is kind of akin to what we've been enduring or experiencing a lot this season. A lot of drama, um, bookings, sendings off, injuries, but no goals. So Swindon go on to win, but it's it's a different sort of game, isn't it? So before. Khan get sent off. Were we still very much in control and looking to score a third? Yeah, I'd say so. I think look, they clearly had a bit of a bollock in at half time and and ran around a bit for the first five minutes of the second half. But again, very what this side ten seems to be able to do is very quickly gain control of a, of a football match. So yes, the opposing team might want to run around five minutes because they've just had a a teacup thrown at them, but. As soon as they give the ball away, it's like okay, fine. We're gonna now. This is back on our terms, um, and yeah, it was a bit more open. It was a bit more stretched. They hadn't. They didn't test Solbury in eleven v eleven. He didn't have a single save to make, really, did he? Apart from the goal, which was completely out of the blue. So yeah, no, no concerns up until the up until the. Um, well, I was going to say the second yellow. No concerns up until the first yellow because after the first yellow, he's a walking red card. <laughs> So it was so predictable. I disagree with the decision. I, I disagree with the decision on the second yellow card in isolation. But he was a walking red card, and and that Scott Lindsay said they were going to take him off. As you know, whether they whether that's true or not, how quickly they were going to do that or not, who knows? But yeah, first first yellow, no grumbles. Second yellow, don't like the decision, but it was always going to get sent off. Always, it's one of those which. When you first see it, it looks bad, doesn't it? I don't know. It's, I, I can I can see why the referee Bourne went with that decision. It, it's he made him make a decision, and but I but I think so. For me, certainly in real time, I think Khan's been fouled. I think the ref and, and even the home comms. Um, it, it was home comms on my yeah. uh, on, on my iFollow. Their initial reaction was that the Grimsby are down to ten men. Um, you know, Glennon or or whatever his name is, is, has been sent off. Because if you look at it, Glennon is the one that's jumped in without control. Glennon is the one that goes to... Like, Saidu Khan just basically stands there um, and tries to make a block tackle. The fact that the other fellas jumped in, I think for me, I I don't know. I, I can't understand the decision. But who knows? Like you said, don't give the referee... A chance to make a decision if you if you're on that yellow, I suppose is the is the thing there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, before we go into the rear guard sort of chat, a bit of bad news from the day was that Rashan in Rush Hepburn Murphy came on after 59 minutes for Shade, 
and he was gone again within, but by the 73rd minute with injury, with Aguilar coming on. We, we talked a lot about this after the loss against Plymouth in midweek, where I'm talking to Dan about what we should be doing, like I'm a bloody expert, which I'm not, where we should just be bringing him on end of games and all building up to the Bristol Rovers one where he would start. Half hour seems like a, a big risk for somebody who has played such a small about amount of competitive football. Ooh, and then he goes and pulls up 10 minutes later. It's, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got to be really careful in this because, as, as you'd said, you, you're not an expert, I'm not an expert. Um, we're also... We're also not close to any any party involved here. Exactly, so yeah. It's easy to say after the fact that it, it was a mistake. It might have been a freak occurrence. It might be completely not related. It might be nothing. Who knows? I'm. It did feel, even at the time, like, oh, really? Like, 35 minutes? That's, that's a lot to give him at this moment. But ultimately, until we know the extent of the injury and the cause of the injury and whether it is related to him, to him not being quite ready. I'm a little bit low to sort of sit here and say in hindsight it was a, it was a bad decision or, or the wrong thing to do. I'm sure there was a very, very good tactical and footballing reason behind the decision-making. Um, unfortunately, I mean, like you said, he lasted 14 minutes on the pitch. He lasted about five minutes on the pitch before he got injured. And then we spent the next nine minutes sort of figuring out whether we're going to take him off or not. So... Yeah, most importantly, it's frustrating for him as a young man. You know, he's just come back from over a year out. I'd imagine the last, all he wants to do is put five or six games together and start feeling like himself again. So, fingers crossed, it's 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 nothing serious, and and he and it won't hinder his true rehab. You know, his 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 um, roadmap back to being able to play consistent football, and and hopefully with us. I think general consensus on him is that if he was healthy he wouldn't be playing at league two so can't wait to see him back and 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 genuinely healthy and trusting his body bit of a sad sight to see yesterday but fingers crossed it won't be anything too serious yeah he mentioned that that's let's hope he's back asap this half was all about just preventing grimsby from equalizing and i think most people have talked about it being a very hairy final 10 minutes or so. How well did we do this? So I think we did it really, really well in two different ways. And I think look, the, 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 the fun in games of the seven minutes, maybe eight or nine minutes at the end of the game that were absolute carnage will overshadow the fact that for the 30 minutes that preceded that when it was 10 v 11, Grimsby created absolutely nothing. And whether that's down to, I, mean, I don't really think it is down to a lack of creativity from them because, you know, Otis Khan came on for them at half time. Good, you know, good player at this level, although he's struggled a bit in in the last season or so. Um, the 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 young lad on the other side that they bought off the um, off the bench is it um, Maguire Drew? Is that his name? Um, yeah, he he. he for some reason, sticks in my mind as causing us problems time and time again um, in the past. So, I, I, you know, I think they had good enough, good enough quality on the pitch, but we defended really, really well. We did defend very deep. Um, there was very little ambition in, in in moving the ball forward, but we, the back four in particular, 
defended everything that was that was sort of thrown in thrown in for them to deal with. I thought McDonald's second half was absolutely outstanding. I know, I know. Um, uh, Clayton is is getting a lot of plaudits and rightly so because he's been great the last few weeks and for whatever reason McDonald seems to be a bit of a marmite man at the moment um, but he was faultless in that second half absolutely faultless um, not only sort of defending but also from a leadership point of view and, and that was really really great to see and I'm hoping his his story arc starts to starts to uh, go on an upward trend now in the same way that lots of our other boys have ever experiencing so yeah sort of sending off to 88 it was pretty fine and dandy to be honest and then I don't know what I just I just think Grimsby just started genuinely throwing the kitchen sink at it and that's where it all went a bit mental yeah and it certainly did a lot of worry what was it eight minutes of of injury time in the end and this is when Sol Bryn and the faith that or the decision to play him from the start, whatever, if that's contractual or ability, it's not looking like a bad decision, is it? No, look, he's been solid for us for, for, for well, ever since the Harrogate game, really, hasn't he? Um, yep. but yesterday, he's come up with two absolutely huge saves, um, genuinely match-winning saves. Um, so, fair play to him. I, the, 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 the first one from the header... Um, you know, for him for him to get up and spread himself in the air like that and make the block was it was a was a really good save. Obviously, the ball didn't did actually fall to um, I think it was to the to the young centre half, wasn't it, Andy Smith? Who you've got to score. It's, it's six yards out, and and somehow he finds Romeo Hutton stood on the line and he just hacks it away. I couldn't believe that that, that didn't go in. That was just absolutely nuts that we managed to survive that. Um, and then, sort of a couple of minutes later, not even probably, cross from the right hand side, and and again, it's it's inside the six yard box, right in the middle of the goal. The fellas just got to sort of sweep it home, and Brim makes another outstanding, outstanding save. There are a couple of you know a few hairy moments in there as well, um, but those those two huge chances. The, the, to be able to keep both of them out was 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 absolutely superb from Solbrin. So fair play to him. Absolutely, and there you go, two one Swindon, leading to a a lot of fist pumping at full time and a lot of driving that narrative of great character and spirit on social media. My favourite being from Sandro Di Michele, who includes a photo of Swindon fans and one chap who kind of looks like Richard Osman from behind giving the old W gesture <laughs> to the Grimsby yeah. fans. Yeah. You, I mean, there is obviously spirit and there is obviously a lot of character with this side at the moment and they're making a point of it and hey, long may it continue if wins continue coming in. Yeah. hundred percent. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody wants, you know, every football fan at any level wants to get behind a side who they have an affinity with, a connection with, and, and, and is led by a manager who engages with them and, and seems to share their same beliefs and passions. That is always caveated by winning football matches. So all of that stuff is lovely, lovely, but you've got to compete. And I would always rather be, be a competitive side with a robot in charge than a non-competitive side with a tub-thumping um, STFC tattooed ardent fan in the dugout. <laughs> what we are hopefully starting, well, what we have started seeing over the last three or four weeks 
is the in, is the indication that Lindsay can do both. So if you can find a guy who can do both, cling onto him with both hands and don't let him go. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed it continues. I think the one thing I will say with Scott Lindsay is he does seem to be learning. He really genuinely seems to be learning and the team are approving and learning with him. I've got no doubt about the ability of this group of players. It was always about the backroom staff's ability to develop with that group of players and get them playing in a way that, that can make us a force to be recommended at this level. And they are starting to do so. Oh, and there's this driving rhetoric at the moment, having a having a pop at Ben Garner at the moment, maybe because he's not doing so well at Charlton, but a lot of people festering on that currently. Oh, come on, guys. Let, let don't don't be the bitter ex. Yeah. Move on and enjoy your lives, people. <laughs> come on. <laughs> no one's got time yeah, for that. It, that then look, take up a, a hobby. Oh, it's it's funny, isn't it? Like, no word of Ghana until about a week ago, and now all of a sudden, ay, ay, ay. Like, why do people care? Like, he was everyone was like, Oh, he was a journeyman, he was a career man, he looked out for himself. I mean, A, everybody does that in a career, and B, if if that's the case, then he, like just just let him do what he's doing. Like, why do you care? I've seen photos yeah. at different stages of the game used as comparisons. I've seen his choice of clothing used as a um, a reason hey, <laughs> to criticise. You can hit ben, you can hit Bengal with whatever you want, but two things I will always defend Bengal on: a he is a lovely, lovely man and was very nice to my family, and b his touchline dress sense is top tier for lower leagues. <laughs> and also he brought Scott Lindsay to Swindon Town Football Club again. And that may turn out to be a good t- good thing in the long run. It may do. Right. Let's listen to 10 minutes of listeners saying exactly the same thing, but because we won, I don't care. Let's have a listen. <laughs> and Swindon is a team who likes to keep possession of the ball. A man down, not ideal. Aiden breaking with some real pace down the right-hand side. Teasing ball is the ball. The goalkeeper's dropped it. with four minutes to go. Here we go then. Lots of positivity this week. We love to read it, see it, say it. We'll start with Martin Crook, who says, team starting to purr nicely and building momentum. Manager can hopefully start to enjoy the role and flourish. Game at a time, but only one league loss. Gladwin, a Rolls Royce of a player. Rob Dinsey says, plenty to talk about there. Outstanding first 60. Gritty to see the game out. Gladwin, man of the match, but Bryn showed his value at the end. Let's have a look to see what Bernie Man thinks. He says, at last, a performance that gives me genuine hope that we have a chance and credit to Scott Lindsay. Gladwin, best player first half. Bryn, Best second half. Wakeling superb throwout, so he gets my man of the match. Really reinforces the fact that he should be played wide. Honourable mention to Hutton. Come on, you mighty Reds. You've got Bernie Man, Scott Lindsay. Batch STFC says, well, that was a tense ending. First half, I thought we played really well. Unlucky to concede, really, though they had got back into the game a bit. 
What a great defensive effort after the red card. Match-winning saves from Bryn, Hutton off the line, big shifts from all. Dean McMacken says, brilliant, really starting to see an identity. And the impressive thing is players are still improving. We didn't misread today, which speaks volumes. Get Connor back on. Love you, Rich. Love you, Dean. Sarah V says, man of the match, Gladders. Real team effort in the last 10 minutes to keep that ball out of the net. Bryn, absolutely solid too. First half included fewer heart palpitations, but taking the win any way it comes. Onwards and upwards. Come on, you Reds. Russell Arkley simply says, glad we're man of the match. He was superb. And Ian Wilmer says, very cliche game of two halves. Excellent first half and probably should have been better placed. Second half dug in really well. Defended deep, but well managed. Couple of great saves. Man of the match, choice of Gladwin or Bryn. But I'll go Bryn. Tom Dent says, that table is looking sweeter by the week. While Paul D says, magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. Bryn, man of the match. Jimmy Legs, what a result. Pre-red card Grimsby, we're lucky to be in it at all. Naive from Khan, already on a yellow. He can't be tackling like that. Please for Jeffcott and Darcy to score. Glad we're man of the match, but so many had really good games. Bryn saves at the end. Ooh, buddy. Mr. Good says a real battling performance after Khan sending off. Not only do we have the quality, we also have the bottle to fight. Gladwin was superb. But the man of the match has to be Bryn with some superb blocks at the end. Matt S, one word, outstanding. More words, Gladwin, man of the match, imperious. To a man, the players put in a real shift. The gaffer got it spot on and the football he promised at the start of the season was there to see. Chance of Super Scott Lindsay here. Debbie says Gladwin was amazing, as was Bryn again. But it's getting boring saying that. <laughs> Bennett says, if the first 45 is what Lindsay is looking for, sign me up. Chuffed we held on. Gladwin, FBT and Bryn were incredible. Centre-back solid. Hutton notable mention for first half rampages and a second half goal line clearance. Lovely stuff. Tom Jenkins says, ongoing improvement continues. Grimsby were very lucky to have scored when they did and in that manner, we kept the ball nicely in the main until the red. Wakelin's work rate and Jeffcott leading the line bodes well. Didn't misread, which is a huge compliment. Man of the match, Wakeling. Craig Clark, proud of that team. They put their all into that. Much the better side with 11 on the pitch. Wakeling, man of the match, phenomenal work rate. Kyle Porter, excellent win, which had to be... Ground out after that red card. Bryn solid in goal. Clayton solid again, but man of the match, Ben Gladwin. Win the next two games and things will be looking good. DM, first half, awesome. Hutton, Gladwin, Clayton, Blake Tracy, all awesome. Second half, Bryn, top notch. That save in stoppage time. Whew. Mitch Singh, great dominant performance from the lads until the sending off, then showed the gritty side to our game. Super proud of Scott Lindsay and the boys. Man of the match for me was Hutton. Fantastic getting forward and back. Also, his save off the line late on. Base Master Rich says, enjoyed that. Great win, especially with being down to 10 men after 60-odd minutes. Probably our best performance this season. Gladwin was superb and Bryn pulled off some great saves at the end. Hutton and Wakeling were also good. Hard to pick a man of the match. A great all 
round team effort. JB Goodwin says, excellent win on the road. Gladwin, outstanding again. Played with some forward thrust today, which was pleasing. Could see Khan was going to get a second yellow once he'd been booked. A touch naive, perhaps. Hutton, man of the match for me. Great first half and a steady second. Wardy S. Well, just caught up with the clips. So for me, Gladwin gets man of the match. Imperious is the word to describe that performance today. Just Pips Bryn, who was brilliant. An excellent team performance. Rob Bowden. I was unsure of the squad since the beginning of the season, but they seem to be grinding out decent results now. Big test up next week, which I feel will really show where we are at. I'm so glad for Scott Lindsay. Clearly has the passion. Come on, you Reds. Mike 44939870 says, that is a hell of a result. All worked their socks off at the end. Gladwin, awesome. Bryn, superb. Swindon Spartan says, brilliant. First half, sending off very harsh and changed the game. We're so dominant in periods and getting better every single game. Real team effort, but Gladwin, Wakeling and Bryn were out of this world. Biggest compliment I can say is that Lindsay's team is already better than Ben Garner's. Owen Fitton, Gladwin was unreal. Bryn and Blake Tracy are always great. Looked a proper team and all the players playing for the shirt. Shade looks a lot better as well. Robert Hammond says, excellent first half, resilient in the second. Worried for Rush Ian, man of the match, Gladwin. Georgia says, brilliant performance all round. Excellent first half, followed by a gritty second. Hard to single out one player as they all work their socks off. But Gladwin is my man of the match. Closely followed by Bryn for his injury time heroics. Super Scott Lindsay indeed. Paul Wells says we have a squad who are willing to fight and die for the cause. Which is what us fans crave. Man of the match is a toss up between Gladwin and Bryn. SN1 Robin says Gladwin. Wow, what a performance, especially when we had 11. Easy man of the match for me, but Bryn was excellent too at the end. STFC Statman says Bryn has to get man of the match for the last 10 minutes alone. Big shout out for Blake Tracy as well. Wakeling also played well and happy to see Iandolo back getting minutes in. Holding out for a win in games like this will be the difference when it comes to the playoffs. Jamie Watts says Gladwin looks a player transformed. Absolute class win that. Backs to the wall with 10 men, but you could see the belief. After this weekend, for the first time, it's looking like we may be able to do something. PJ wasn't there, didn't watch it. Just ecstatic with our third win on the bounce. You and me both, PJ. Martin says, man of the match, the tireless Jacob Wakeling. His tackling was brilliant and his work rate peerless. John Stephen says, great first half, gritty second half. Gladwin, man of the match. Shame for Ian Rush. Oh, no, Rashan. Stuart Cole says, whether you are or were anti-Lindsay or pro-Lindsay or indifferent, let's now all get behind the boys. Up the town, man of the match, Ben Zid Gladwin. STFC underscore 1969 says, Bryn. That is all. Matthew says, brilliant first half, gutsy second half. Gladwin class again. Wakeling a menace. Khan played well too. Taste sweeter. Because all of my family are from Cleethorpes. Man of the match, Gladwin. Tom Elliott says, 10 games in and the team are taking shape. Patterns of play are emerging. Some promising young players are showing their talent and their strength in depth. Gladwin, man of the match today. Clayton was good too. Wakeling and Jeff Cott will score plenty of goals. 
great summer recruitment. Steve Collins says standout players for me were Gladwin doing what Gladwin does every game at the moment, man of the match, going to be a player of the season at this rate. Hutton had his best performance in a town shirt so far. Bear Nickel says, phew, that's all. Man of the match, Gladders. Neil McLaughlin says, that last 10 minutes has aged me. Tighten up simply says, Gladders. Stephen Davis also gives Gladys man of the match and we'll finish with Jilly who says really enjoyed the first half. Second half was uncomfortable. Down to 10 men but a great improvement with the performance overall. Lots of contenders for the man of the match. Great work rate from Wakeling, Clayton, Hutton and Darcy but Gladwin takes it for me. Love his corners and great passing. So there we go then. So great first half, gritty second half. Um, lots of standout performances there. Um, people like Wakeling and Bryn and Hutton getting shout outs, but by a country mile. And it's the most comprehensive victory in terms of man of the match on this pod this season. And it's him again. It's Ben Gladwin. Amazing. I mean, look, anybody who knows me at, or goes to football with me or is in a WhatsApp group about football with me knows that I am an absolutely huge Ben Gladwin fan and I am delighted everybody else is now catching up it, it, it like, the fella is having the season of his life isn't he mm-hmm. the only thing i'll say is there there will there will definitely be one man in the don rogers stand and i'm sure he knows who he is he sits in about row u seat 185 and i guarantee if he was watching that game yesterday he'd have still slagged gladwin off so i can't wait for the next home game um, and for Ben Gladwin to misplace a pass and get absolute dogs abuse from from the upper the upper rows of the Don Rogers where I sit. <laughs> so yeah, as I said earlier, he he genuinely dominated every square yard of of, of the pitch, particularly in that first half. Um, he his quality on the ball was really present throughout. The, the home comms um, couldn't compliment him enough about his range of passing and and, and the, his ability to. Get us get get us up the pitch and in behind the fullbacks time and time again. And the second half, I just think we, we saw a completely different side to to, to Ben Gladwin, a, a new side to this sort of salt and pepper, salt and pepper Ben Gladwin as he as he enters his thirties, where some of his annoying traits of holding onto the ball for too long or or not sort of quite having the the the, the control or, or the pace to get out of his, out of problems. He's starting to use use to his own advantage now, and 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 he's nicking fouls, and is is looking like he um, is able to to get us up the pitch time and time again, and 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 his leadership and um, and controller over his teammates as well was so so present. You know, Scott Lindsay commented in post match that Ben Gladwin is like having a player coach. He's like having a coach on the field. He understands everything. That the side are trying to, that the management team are trying to get the team to do, and embodies all of that, and that must be so so helpful from a from a coaching point of view, especially for an inexperienced coach like Scott. So, yeah, he he really was a really well rounded performance. Absolute Rolls Royce in the first half, nitty gritty leadership and and getting us up the pitch and um, making big defensive plays in that second half, and long may it continue because I think. He's had a lot of unfair criticism in the last 15, 16 months um, well, since he came back last summer. And it's just brilliant to see people now now switch on. You know, he obviously, he, he definitely has gone up another level um, and, and he's 
if you called Perrin Caesar now, he'd absolutely walk it, wouldn't he, for me? Oh, it's looking that way, isn't it? And I get the feeling that he also gets the podcast man of the match too. But I, I just want to sort of highlight, you know, we've, we've, we've waxed lyrical about Wakeling. We've, we've done the same for Sol Brin. It sounds like this was a big game for Romeo Hutton. Um, yes. who hasn't had the greatest um, opening, you know, eight, nine games, but a standout performance by him. Yes, he, down the right-hand side, we were a, a real threat all day. Um, he combined really well with, with Wakeling. He was good defensively. His quality into the box was a bit better than it has been recently. Um, and, and for one reason or another, he's starting to to really fight, feel at home now in, in that right-back spot. What's interesting is, we have a very, very, very highly rated right back who he lost his spot to and is now coming back and is sat on the bench. And all of a sudden you've got an absolute battle for that number two shirt, haven't you? Um, Marcel Vinier did not come to the county ground to sit on the bench and watch Romeo Hutton play 45 games a season. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Ultimately, perhaps it's a microcosm for why you have competition in the squad because... Hutton, whether it's coincidence or not, um, or whether it's connected or not, has been really, really good the last three or four games since Lavinia has come in and dropped back out again. So who knows Who knows where Scott Lindsay gets to with that right-back choice? Yeah, well, there we have it. Swindon are currently eighth after 10 games, 17 points, only five points behind Stevenage in third, 11 points behind Richie Wellens' late in Orient. Richie Wellens, probably the, the only man who will deny Scott Lindsay manager of the month. Yeah, I, I, I guess I guess he would be, wouldn't he? And maybe he will then uh, receive the curse that doesn't actually exist, but everyone talks about. <laughs> yeah, um, outstanding couple of weeks by, from Swindon and with Northampton next Saturday, and then again at home to Newport the following Tuesday. Two big old games to keep the run going. It's Stevenage the weekend after that as well, isn't it? So that's that's um, a big a big eight days I think coming starting starting next time nice to have a week off this week big big eight days um Northampton the the Newport rearranged game and then Stevenage who god someone someone please stop them going up anyone <laughs> yeah I was going to say the importance it was oh it's nice at least that we've got the midweek off this week um no nonsense uh cup fixtures or um or any uh league game so that that's good um before we go let's talk about swindon town women hard luck to them they are out of the fawnl cup they lost to london seaward this weekend 2-1 but big news for the women this week was the news that the swindon town women have officially joined forces with swindon town football club the move will see them become an important and sustainable part of the Robins footballing family. And I probably, like most others, Terry, thought that was already a thing. But no, but great news and good to see it rectified. Yeah, a bit of a strange one that it wasn't a thing already, I suppose. But then when you look at when you look back at who ran our club for the last eight years, maybe it's not a surprise at all. Um, cra- crazy that it wasn't already. Fantastic news that... that um, I don't know. It's it's sort of like another bit of low low hanging logical fruit to go and pick, isn't it? Um, getting them on board, getting them playing at the county ground more often, giving them access to to the the, the facilities that the club that the club own or, or the club have use of, will all all help in um in getting the the, the women's side up up the tiers. I know um, I was listening to an interview with the director of football 
um, yesterday on it, and they, they're they're very ambitious. There's no reason why they, they say they see no reason why they can't get at least up up one tier and then start looking at, at maybe the second tier over the next few years. And and absolutely, that's what we want to see for for our for our community and for our club. And it's it's exactly what we wanna what we wanna be seeing. So yeah, all power to them and. Hopefully, uh, more and more of us will get an opportunity to get out and, and catch one of their games soon enough. It really, really is. Happy pods are the best pods. Until the next one, Terry, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.